And of course, welcome back to another episode of X Talking Ish with your boy X. And Ish. You already know what to do. If you are on Facebook, please make sure you like and share this broadcast. If you are on our Facebook page, please go ahead and hit that like button on Facebook. If you are on YouTube, go ahead and hit that red subscribe button and go ahead and hit that notification bell so you can be notified for shows like this one in the future. Ding. Thank you for that, Ish. And of course, if you are on Twitter, please check us out at X Talking Ish on Twitter and also on my personal page at X underscore Williams 81. All righty then, Ish. Of course, it is the off season. And over the last couple of weeks, of course, if you've been tuning in to X Talking Ish, we've been updating everyone on the NFL, what it has, uh, what is going on in training camps and other offseason news. And I was telling everybody, hey, just stick with us. It's just stick with us. We're going to have a very special guest on if you just, you know, be patient with us. And I was able to finally secure the bag, as the young folks like to say out there, right? And that bag is a gentleman named by the name of Elandon Roberts. And before I bring him on, before I bring him on, I just want to let y'all know that this man is a is a very hard-hitting Son of a gun, okay? Yeah. This man, just by looking at him, will hit you in the mouth. Just by looking at him, he's going to put a shoulder <laughs> in your mouth and bust your teeth in, all right? Yeah, you so that everybody, make sure you go ahead and put a helmet on because I don't want him to hurt nobody. Put put your helmet yeah. on, strap up that chin strap, and put your mouthpiece in because I'm going to bring this gentleman on, and that is <laughs> Mr. E. Landon Roberts. We appreciate you for being on today. How are you doing today, Mr. E. Landon? What it do, baby? Hey, all good. Uh, fun to be on, man. I seen y'all on last week. I was like, you know what? It's time for me to make my presence, man, before we start up this training camp. So, yeah, good to be on, man. Yeah, we and, appreciate it, man. And I appreciate you for pretty much segueing me right into what we are going to go, go ahead and talk about, which is the Miami Dolphins training camp. It starts July 26th, which is a week from Today, um, today actually starts rookie mini camp for the rookies to report in in Miami. Um, Elandon, look, we're going to go ahead and let you have the floor for the most part. And, you know, I know people always listen to us and I know they want to listen to us right this moment. So we're going to go ahead and let you speak about what are you most looking forward to going into this year of training camp? Because this is now year seven for you in the league. Mm-hmm. And I think for this year, going into this season for the Dolphins, I think this is a different year compared to years past, um, compared to the years in, in New England and now with the years you have in Miami. I, I feel like it's just a different type of vibe in Miami. Can you ex- can you explain a little bit of that to everybody here? I mean, every year <laughs> going into this time of the year, man, it's going to be a lot of anxiety, a lot of expectations just – you know, throughout the whole uh, the league, you know, not just with Miami, you know, with every team in the NFL. And through this this time right here, we're able to, you know, really, really get your team together, really, you know, guys start to uh, play with each other more on the physical side of it, you know, and stuff like that. You start as a team, you start uh, really, really building 
on them stepping stones and stuff like that. So, you know, training camp is always a fun time for me. And then, you know, you obviously get preseason to be able to go out there and compete together as a team and stuff like that. So uh, that'll be a big, uh, you know what I'm saying, big, big, big part of it because it tells you where your team is at. It tells you what you need to work on and it's a long season. So, you know what I'm saying? You're just able to keep building and building momentum. But I feel like across the whole NFL, like every team right now got their momentum. You know, they got their new guys on the team, whether they re-sign free agents or even drop picks. So, you know, it's an exciting moment for everybody and because uh, everybody looking to, you know, their first game of the, se- their first game of the uh, season come, everybody looking to be 1-0 and at the end of the day. You're not lying on that one, especially, like you said, with week one. Um, at the moment, of course, Miami, I'm sorry, the New England Patriots, of course, that's who the first team y'all be playing week one. It seems mm-hmm. as though the NFL loves scheduling the, the Patriots in the early in the season and then towards the end. Um, Man, I know when, it's crazy. When New England sure. likes to come down to Miami for that, for that, uh, for, the, for that fun road trip, it seems like mm-hmm. they are, like to have a little too much fun in Miami. And, and uh, when you were with the Patriots, it seems as though they, they don't take the Dolphins a little too uh, seriously when they go to Miami and, and find a way to lose that game. But for some mm-hmm. reason when, in New England, they use that as motivation going into the playoffs and use that as a motivational run in the playoffs. But now that you are, of course, a member of the Miami Dolphins, do you look at those matchups with the Patriots as of uh, do you kind of miss me because I'm not here on that team anymore? Yeah. <laughs> uh... It's kind of crazy because when I played in New England, I don't really remember having the the Dolphins this early or that late on a consistent basis. You know what I'm saying? Well, we we did have them a couple times late, but some of them would be in New England and some of them be in – some of them was in Miami. But um, to just have them first every year, these these last three – these last three years I've been in uh, Miami, to have them the first game of the – the season it never happened like that when I was in New England and stuff like that uh <laughs> um it's a divisional game you know we're in a division I, I don't think it's it's nothing personal or whatnot but uh I mean I won in three since I left so uh I don't know maybe it is but <laughs> you know, I only no, nah, I, divisional, I respect the divisional game. You know, we get two times to play each other each year. You know, I've only lost one time, and you know that was the COVID game. And mm-hmm. I mean that COVID year in the first game, it felt like a scrimmage. So, you know, it was different across the whole league. So you kind of had to get your mind right for it. But yeah, I think you know the record speaks for itself. No, I mean you know. I respect him, you know, trying to show some respect for for the team in the division. You don't want to give anybody any, uh, you know, bulletin board material mm-hmm. early in the season or anything mm-hmm. like that. But, um, you know, for me, going into this year of training camp, um, I guess my thing is a lot of changes. Like you said, a lot of teams picking up new people. This was a big year for big trades and everything that's been going on. And I think does you got a new coach as well in Miami. Does it feel different? Does the feel on the team and the buzz around the team going into training camp, does it feel any different than it did the past couple of years? Because I know for me, looking at the team, like this for, for me is a big year for the, for the Dolphins. I'm looking at the Dolphins this year and I'm like, hey, this is a team that's been showing a lot of progress going the past couple of years. 
I honestly think y'all should have made the playoffs the past two years. It's just y'all been unfortunate at the end and things didn't work out the right way. But it, you've been a team on the rise. So does it feel with all the changes going on? I know other people have made changes as well. But for from your team standpoint, does it feel different this year? Uh, I mean, I would say, I would say, yeah, man, you know, it's, it's, you know, just because I, so the last three years I've been, there, I was trying to figure out in my head how I was going to answer this. And my, the last three years I've been there, I've been with the same defense, you know what I'm saying? But just seeing the uh, turnover on the offensive side, you know, everybody love to see the uh, explosive uh, offensive guys and, you know, Tyreek and you know and 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 and, and uh, wow. the guys that we brought in on the offensive guys, of course, they make it exciting. You know, uh, it'll be it'll be naive for me to sit on here and be like, oh nah, man, we you know just you know <laughs> business as usual. Yeah, but man, to be uh, honest with you, man, it's it's just exciting to get back to football. You know, I'm not gonna lie to you, man, and to get back to football, seeing them guys, and like I say. Being able to string them together. So right now we fit the string together training camp. Training camp, we're taking it to the, the first game of the year. From the first game of the year, you try to just keep it keep it going, you know, build and build and build. And then you where you need to be. But we gotta take care of step one first and that's training camp, you know what I'm saying? Stuff like that. So yeah. If we do what we need to do, you know what I'm saying? It'll continue to be exciting in Miami. But first we gotta we first first we gotta take care of what's in front of us and that's training camp. Yep. And I'll piggyback off of what you said when it comes to going into the regular season. Now, before we go to the regular season, let's all remind everybody we do have some preseason games as well. Yeah. And in those preseason games, we do you do play a familiar foe, uh, a team called the Las Vegas Raiders, to where you were able to capture your first NFL pick six. Yeah. And I remember that game. I was watching it, and I remember watching you catch the football. And mm-hmm. when I saw him caught, when I saw him caught the football, I was just like, "Oh, he's gone." I don't, I didn't think anybody was going to be able to catch him. And to see you run, tote that rock, man, uh, Landon, I was just, I was, I was just so happy for you because I know the work that you put in on and off the field. So for the people that haven't seen that play, let's go ahead and run that play back for for everybody for the one time. Mm-hmm. Including a Ryan Fitzpatrick highline toss to the sideline. Carr gets rid of it. Intercepted. A Landon Roberts is going to go all the way. Touchdown, Miami. The streak continues for the Dolphins. All right. I've been meaning to ask you this for a long time now, Landon, because I haven't. We haven't been able to really talk about this. Oh, here you go. I just want to know, because I know your dad, Landon. Yeah. Did, did Uncle Eli get on you for slowing down about 10 yards for the end zone? Because you know if you would have got caught, you know you wouldn't have been able to, you know your dad would have not been able to let you down on that. So I want to know what did Uncle Eli say about the full play? Not the interception, not touched that. I want to know about that last 10, 15 yards of that play. Man, he really he didn't say nothing because I had scold, but – Man, I had I had looked up at the jumbotron. So as I took off, you know what I'm saying? When, shoot, man, that, you start getting tired. So I peeked oh, yeah. up and I didn't see nobody behind me. I seen uh, somebody coming, but they wasn't gonna catch me. So I just slowed it on down. 
No, nah, so, I'm just, I'm just, we, with, I mean, you know how, you know how know. it is when it comes to running through that tape. You gotta yeah, run through the tape. Hey, man, one thing y'all know is you catch an interception, just think about it. You catch an interception on defense, you score. What happened the next play? You get the ball right, right, you right you back, back, back on the field, right back out so there. Just like, man, so I was, I was trying to get my energy back and whatnot. So after that play, you went on hill wrist straight to the sideline, get that oxygen in you right quick. Bro, I had never took oxygen before before that play. <laughs> I was like, man, because I was trying to get back and I couldn't get back. I'm like, dang, because it was already like an A play drive. So when I picked that, when I picked that off, they was on a long drive. It was like eight plays. So you know what I'm saying? Scoring it. A lot of people like to say, oh man, he almost Nah, oh, yeah, how you was so tired? Like, bro, you ever been on an eight-play drive? <laughs> like, them jokes are no joke, you know what I'm saying? Just to take off full speed and, you know what I'm saying? I think it was, uh, how, how long was it? Man, that's uh, back. Uh, like, it was like, like 80, 80 something. 80. Yeah. yeah. And whatnot, so. Whew. And, of Man. course, you, you play linebacker, too, so it's not like you out here running with the ball on almost every play. To where you're conditioned to run for that long of a of a of a play anyway. So yeah, I, I understand. I'm not going. I'm not going to kill you too much on that play. <laughs> At the end of the day, that's a hell of a play to be able to, of course, uh, run that back on your highlights. Be able to to get an interception off of a guy like Derek Carr, another Houston native, uh, mm. and, and to be able to uh, do that on a, on a on a big game. Uh, I think that was again just phenomenal um, ish. Before we move on, though. Um, I have to say, when it comes to Landon and his and his hands, this is not the last time we're going to talk about his hands in this show. So I'm just using that as a segue moving forward. Uh, but for the meantime, mm-hmm. we'll go ahead and talk about. Um, I, I I saw you in a another podcast called The Big Fish, uh, the podcast for the Miami Dolphins, and they talked about you and your drinking habits. I mean, I'm not talking about alcohol. I'm talking about, I'm talking yeah. about alcoholic uh, beverages, which again, we'll get into shortly. I just want to know from you, what is the biggest learning curve being in the NFL? Of course, we've seen players um, go to that New England um, system and just have difficulties being able to take what's in the playbook and apply it on the field. My boy Ish's favorite wide receiver is Ocho Cinco. And why you got to do that? For, I, I'm just, I'm just bringing nah, it up. why you got to do that, man? It's more than just the playbook. I it's know, the environment. I There's a lot of stuff that go on over there. I know. And and I know he's probably talking about it. So, so, so don't, but why you got to do Chad like that? I mean, Chad, look, Chad is a hell of an nah, athlete, man. but for some reason, went to, went to New England, he just didn't know how to play football again. I mean, how, well, how you know about the environment? I mean, so I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna out anybody, but we can talk <laughs> about it after the show. But I have somebody, I know someone who also played in New England gotcha. and happened to be named in an iconic figure of New England's book, by, gotcha. like full name out there. So we can talk about it after the show. But <laughs> I know about the environment and things like that. So I mean, for you to go in early in your career, um, like he's saying, the learning curve. I mean, what is that biggest learning curve? Because for some people, it may be the environment. For some people, it may be the playbook and the size of the playbook and everything and the schemes. So, I mean, what do you think it is? Or what was it for you? Um, My biggest learning curve was it was the playbook, but it wasn't like the plays. You know, it was it was the concept. It was the bigger picture. It was the uh, philosophy behind 
what we was doing, you know, and, uh, you know, I could say, okay, I'm, I'm looking at the Mike linebacker spot. I'm looking at the wheel. I'm looking at the sound and I know what I'm doing for them spots, but in the split of a second, things can change to where you at the wheel just because of what the offense gave you or you at the sound. So you can't just know your spot. You got to know the bigger picture, the whole concept, you know? So instead of learning the playbook, you got to learn the whole concept of it, you know, and stuff like that. And that's why I struggle with just coming out of college. You just know uh, if I'm a Mike linebacker, I play Mike this one, Mike do. Or if I'm the wheel, this what the wheel do or Sam, you know, and stuff like that. So just learning that and be able to, you know what I'm saying, take that to the field and you thinking of all that because everything going so fast, you know. I don't really think – just me, my personal opinion, I don't think the game – you know, I think people say like, oh, the NFL is so much faster. Mm. No, it's not that. Everything is going faster when you don't know what you're doing or when you're thinking before the play about to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to slow up naturally and stuff like that. So once you learn it, it's like – Everything it, you get back to normal because now you can be yourself because you're confident in what you're doing and stuff like that. And, and that was the biggest learning curve to me, you know, and stuff like that. And once I was able to get that down, like not just knowing Mike linebacker, like I couldn't look at it like that. I had to look at that as the bigger picture of a spot. I had to just look at an X on the field. Like, okay, I'm right here, so I'm this X and this X got this. Or I'm right here, I'm this X and this X got that. Like, you got to know the bigger picture. And it, I ain't going to lie, like seven years in, like I appreciated that because now when I'm, you know, going through a defense or doing this and doing that, like I'm able to go from a 4-3 to a 3-4, able to go from a 3-4 to a 4-2-5, able to go from all that to a 46 bear look, you know, and, and whatnot like that to play in different type of defense to the where it's like, okay, I understand the con- the bigger picture, the concept and stuff like that to where I know where to go. I know how to fit my runs. I know my responsibility. I know who should be helping me, who not should be helping me. I know the bigger picture and stuff like that. And early on in my career, that was just hard to grasp. I mean, with, with anybody that coming out the college system, the college system is very simple. Some of them, I don't want to speak for all schools, but some of them are and whatnot. And, uh, you know, it was just a learning curve and, you know, was able to put the time in and, and whatnot. So, and get that down. So, you know, it, it it all paid off. Yeah. I, uh, man, I appreciate you saying that because as somebody who has coached, you know, at the, uh, at the high school level and some of the kids that are a little bit younger than that, um, that's definitely one of the things that uh, I have tried to preach to the kids. And here you go. Y'all heard it right here from an NFL veteran himself. It's not about just knowing what you're supposed to do. Yes, you're asked to do your job, but at the same time, you got to understand the concept of your defense, your offense. You got to understand everything that goes in there. You got to be a student of the game. And I love that you say that and you tied into how it's helped you transition and later in your career to where you can move between so many different defenses because you had that time where you were a student of the game and you learned the concept as opposed to just learning what you were supposed to do and, you know, going through the motions, basically, as I would say. And I had good OGs in my room. Like, man, I had Dante Hightower. I had um, Jamie Collins. I had uh, Shea McCullen. I had Jonathan Freeney. I had uh, Rob Nikovich and whatnot. Shoot, man, I even um, got Chris Long in my rookie year to just teach me how to be a day-to-day pro, you know what I'm saying, and stuff like that. Great teammate. And uh, uh, my second year, I was able to get David Harris, play for the Jets. So I had a lot of, like, 
great influences that I was able to, you know, ask them questions, ask them like how they learn this. And I even, I use me and Teddy Bruschi to this day, we still text. I text him, Hey, what you used to see on this, because everything's the same, you know, and whatnot, like defense really don't change. It's just, it's just spots. So, you know, Teddy, he'll let me text him. We'll go back and forth. He'll let me pick his brain and he'll teach me how to do this and do that. Or just talk to me on some, uh, big brother, little brother stuff, you know, and it was real, it was real good for me, you know. I honestly think that's one of the best things about the New England Patriots culture, especially over well, over the last 20 years of the Brady era and where it is now, uh, being able to have those guys that were once at one point in time were guys that were looked over. And now they're looked at as guys that, you know, the Rodney Harrisons, the, the, um, uh, Jesus, my bad, just, Teddy Bruskies, uh, and, and anybody else in that New England Patriots teams, those are guys that are now the standard to go and, and look and, and also a follow behind and say, well, what, like you said, Lynn, what did you do uh, in 2004 that made you move to the next level of being a great player? Uh, so I think that's a great thing to be able to have and also to be able to have those those older figures to look uh, after as well, too. One thing that I remember us talking about when we first was with New England is that um, a lot of the veterans were, were telling you, hey, you know, go ahead and marry that woman that, you know, that you see a future with. Go ahead and get ready to 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 be, you know, the man that you're supposed to be and stop out here trying to, you know, put yourself in situations that's going to jeopardize your future and not being able to be successful in this league. And I think ever, to be honest, I think being, being able to be drafted by New England is probably the best thing that has happened to your career because it has now allowed you to establish yourself as a, not just a great player, but also a great person in the NFL to where, I mean, the NFL, I think is your oyster to where if anybody wanted a linebacker, they know that if I get a Landon Roberts, I'm not worried about character issues. I'm not worried about uh, him not being a pro. I'm not worried about stuff off the field. I know he's going to come in. He's going to work hard. He's going to give me 115%, and he's going to be a pro's pro. So I think, again, just reiterating back to New England Park, I, I think that might have been the best thing for your career. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to – uh, but I'm sorry, before we go on to the earlier part of your football career, I just want to bring up another clip from the New England days, and I want you to end. <laughs> Wide open out here is Roberts, the linebacker, to the 10, to the 5, touchdown. How about that? How about that? Given the... All right. Of course, you saw that clip of uh, New England, the New England Patriot days where Elena Roberts was playing fullback and was able to get a pass from Tom Brady and score a, uh, what about, 20, uh, 25 yard touchdown. Now, what I have to ask you, Landon, is not just so much to play. He was like 38. My apologies, I messed up on the yard. Let me go make sure you get him hip hop. Right? They they won't give me all them yards. Yard. I ran all, I ran all them yards. You gonna give me all them yards? What I want to know is, besides the hell of a catch, because again, for a linebacker to make that type of catch, hell of a catch. Yeah. What was it like leading up to that play in in a practice, and how long? 
I'm sorry, when it comes to that play, how long have y'all practiced that play? Was that a play that was imp uh, implemented in training camp? Was that a play that was implemented because of what y'all saw on film from what the Dolphins did uh, in prior in prior weeks? Take us through. And how did you uh, get out there? How, how did how did you be the how you become the receiver? Man, it's crazy. See, X brought up training camp. Like I ain't do fullback at all. All our fullbacks got hurt. We ain't had nobody. So, man, I honestly, I think it was out of me, Jamie Collins. Hold on, was it Jamie? Was yeah, it was me. It was out of me, Jamie Collins, somebody else. And I was just like, man, like I do whatever it takes to help the team. That was my, uh, I was a captain that year. I'm like, man, whatever, like whatever we need, you know what I'm saying? So I had went in one game, and uh, just you know what I'm saying, put my best foot forward. You know what I'm saying? I was just trying to do what we do for the team. And man, a lot of people don't even know, like, bro, a lot of people in the league really scary. Like, I was, man, I got blocked him. I look, bro, just run the ball. I mean, it's it's cake. It's, we good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And did that, and then um. Leading up to that week, I mean, I knew the class play was in, but it was just, for me, it was kind of like a decoy. You feel me? I was never supposed to get the ball. So we ran that play early in the game, and they didn't cover me. So uh, Tom was just like, hey, man, next time we run that play, I'm going to throw it. I was like, all right, throw it. And he was like, all right. So we went in the halftime. We came out. They called the play. I was open. That's they can have wrote. adjustments. And that's they can have adjustments. Yeah. That's what football is all about right there. But, but real quick, though. And we X, never practiced I, it. Oh, yeah, so y'all never practiced it? I, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. So that's an exclusive right here on X Talking. Yeah, we never practiced. But and if we, did, if we did practice it, he ain't throwing the ball. Uh, well, <laughs> I don't remember. Because I, I was you no, know, I was a starting Mike linebacker. So mm -hmm. I was going both ways. So, like, they could have ran it in practice and just used somebody else. But I knew the play, and I knew I was going to be the one running it. You know what I'm saying? And stuff like that. But I probably was needed on defense when they ran that play. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because we ain't got that many people. Yeah. You, know, you ain't got that many out there servicing. So you serve each other. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And stuff like that. So, yeah. When the game time came, I just knew my responsibility. So. Now, I want to bring up is this this famous quote from Landon Roberts, which I just, I just love this quote so much. Because <laughs> I remember when he said it, and I was just like, I'm so proud. That's, that's my cousin. Quote is, I think, and as he's talking about Bill Belichick on why uh, he was, he was, Atlanta Robbins was speaking to a reporter and the reporter asked him, why does he think Bill Belichick, you know, uh, likes him as a player? And Landon says, I think they knew what I was about my rookie year. I'll run through a motherfucker's face. So, nah, the reporter had asked me, he said, uh, he said, after today, do you think people know who Elena Roberts is? I was four years in the league. <laughs> won a Super Bowl twice, like been there three times, like started. Like, what you know, it kind of caught me. What are you talking about? Yeah, like, what are you talking about? You One know? of those disrespectful questions. Yeah, that they throw so out I there. just, I was just like, I think people been knowing about me since my rookie year. Like, I run through a motherfucker face. Like, it's that simple, you know. And I didn't know the really quote was going to run, you know, blow up like that. I was just being real. And it was kind of a stupid question. So I gave him the real answer and then, like, sugarcoated, like, you know, I, I'm going to let you know what's, what's, what the real is, you know, and stuff yeah. like that. And 
it's 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 you know it was funny then it's funny now you know what i'm saying but i was just letting them know like yeah you tripping <laughs> no not i really like that that response because you know on the show here and everybody anybody who tunes in weekly you know we like to joke around and we give players a hard time but i think at the end of the day it comes from a good place we are we are very respectful because we've played at a smaller level and we understand what it takes to be a master of this craft and i think what's funny to me sometimes is when you see some of these interviews and some of the questions that come out it's almost as if like what what are you talking like where does that even come from how are you qualified to ask a question like that (laughs) i mean somebody that's played in the super bowl won the super bowl multiple times started in the super bowl and you you claim that no one knows who they are like that doesn't even make sense so it's funny to me how sometimes you see these um, interviews and I only respect the guys and, you know, um, that go out there and they answer all these questions, even though, you know, they come at y'all sideways sometimes. Yeah, you know, I ain't gonna lie, like, it's kind of funny because, see, media guys, they're very savvy oh, yeah. with some of the things they do, you know, and they'll get you like they'll get you warming up and then they'll hit you with one you know <laughs> but you know and you just gotta catch it because sometimes it catch you off guard sometimes you might be coming out of practice and you know you 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 i had a good practice bad practice, every everything gonna be perfect while you had a game and it might not have went how the team wanted it to go so you always got to kind of stay on your p's and q's because i do feel like you know some media guys can just be you know assholes, assholes. but yeah. some guys can be you know, very real crafty about how they uh, ask questions and and, mm-hmm. and and they'll be leading up to a setup, you yep. know, and stuff. And all I can do is respect it because, you know, that just means they've been in the game long. They know how to structure what they're trying to get to and they just use a different technique, you know. So, hey, teach his own, you know. Building their story up. Yep. All right, let's get to the comment section right quick. Our boy Lee is on here. As always, appreciate the love, Lee. He says, man, I got like 20 questions I want to ask, but y'all been hitting them a little bit here and there. So one I would uh, want to ask is, who is the most difficult quarterback you've had to go against outside of TB12 in practice? And also, who's your favorite QB to go against? Mm. Uh, I feel like all quarterbacks bring a different, you know what I'm saying, just they different uh, vibe to the game, game. you know what I'm saying. All quarterbacks are kind of different. I respect all quarterbacks in the NFL. Like, I don't care if you first string, second team, practice squad, you got pulled up. Once you put that jersey on and you the starting quarterback for that week, like you got my utmost respect. You know, I'm I'm taking on you just like I take on a starter and – Vice versa, you know, so, uh, but, you know, to answer his question, outside of Tom that I didn't play it against, uh, man, I would say at this time, I would have to say, uh, I mean, he asked the question, practice against, I only practice against two quarterbacks. Uh, I only been on, but, uh, man, that's a difficult one, man, because, you know, of course, you know, everybody want to hear uh, Pat Mahomes, which elite, like, doula dog, you know what I'm saying, hands down. I ain't played against, you know, I'm going to go and deal with this. I haven't played against Aaron since I was in New England, probably, I think it was my second or third year. I don't remember the game, to be honest with you. 
uh, Lamar, he bring his own juice to the game. You know, you got to deal with the running and the throwing, and uh, he can create his own uh, explosive plays just off his feet or off his throwing ability. So every quarterback is kind of different, to be perfectly honest with you. It's more difficult for me, me, to play against a mobile guy than a uh, a guy that just, you know, stand in the pocket. Why? Is because every play, you got to account for them, you know, so that it, it ain't difficult to where, oh, you can't stop it. It just, you know, you got to just account for it. some stuff you can eliminate with mobile quarterbacks. You can't really eliminate as much, you know, you got to kind of respect it all. Mm-hmm. It's funny you bring up Lamari because you do see him week two of the NFL season. Mm-hmm. And also we talked about him last week when it comes to our, our top 10, 10 quarterbacks in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I had him in my top 10, honestly, just out of, out of respect Ish didn't have him in his top 10. And again, has no disrespect. It's just, I think mm-hmm. Lamar is a very interesting player in the league to where everybody sees him as Michael Vick 2.0, mm-hmm. but then you still have some people that still say, well, he still has some things to work on to be that Patrick Mahomes, the Aaron Rodgers, the Josh Allen's. Again, if some people want to put Josh Allen over Lamar, but my point is, is, this is an NFL guy talking about, man, mobile quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson gives defensive troubles. And that's just that's just the case. Now, I think when when you get later on to the season, the Novembers, the Decembers, and then, of course, you get to the playoffs, defensive change a little bit to where they, of course, want to key in on the things that you that you are good at to where you can't continue to keep doing that. And I think we've seen that with Lamar in the playoffs to where a lot of teams just try to say, we're going to stop you from running. We want you to beat us passing the ball. Do you see that a lot as well with Lamar Jackson and, and also other running quarterbacks in the NFL? I think with Lamar, like, he's elite in his own category. You know, you're not just uh, – like, that guy's a problem. Like, he's a big problem. <laughs> I'm telling you. Like, if guys say he's easy to stop, I, I you know – Please tell me how how you're making it that easy. You know, I need to start coming study with you. But this, the guy's a problem. Period. You know, um, he's so good at good as a, a athlete with moving on his feet that he can create plays down the field. You know, and stuff like that. He's so fast and elusive. Like you can't just keep dropping in coverage. This guy's coming at you because if he take off, it's over. But then you have a man behind you, so you really just. You know, you rolling a dice when you play against uh, guys like that, you know, and uh, he's a special talent. And when I say guys like that, I just said he's in his own category. So it's probably just him. One of one, right? <laughs> he's one, one of one. one, of one. You know, yep. Vic ain't in the league no more. He's one of one. You know, he's a problem and, and stuff like that. that. So, no, I definitely respect that. I appreciate your insight on that. Uh, being able to, again, hear from somebody that's in the league, uh, get his own perspective because, again, you know, either people that's like me and this that have played but never played in NFL or guys that just never played at all to, to hear people's opinions on Lamar Jackson. Some people, you know, makes us want to roll your eyes and say, all right, whatever. And then some people give opinions and you say, well, I mean, that's, that's legitimate. But to hear from you, that is a seven year vet in the NFL to hear what you're saying, it makes me want, it makes me want to, you know, look out for this, this upcoming season from Lamar. Cause I know he's motivated the way that things happen for the Ravens with all the injuries and just contract you know, year, you know, contract year too. So we very interesting to see what happens with Lamar. All right, let's go ahead and move forward. Um, we're going to move forward, but we're also going to move backwards 
And I'm, what I mean by that, we're going to move backwards in time when it comes to talking first about your days at Memorial High School. Um, of course, being able to play in a small area of Port Arthur like that, uh, unfortunately for Ish and I, we didn't really get that when it comes to playing in Houston. Um, of course, we had our own little fan base here and there, but when we were in high school, that was the era of Friday Night Lights. So when we watched the movie Friday Night Lights, you know, I think all of us really wanted to have that type of experience where you're playing in a small town, everybody's rooting for you, everybody kind of knows one another, you know, I don't, sometimes it's a good thing, sometimes it's a bad thing, you know how that go. But to be able to play under the lights Friday Night Football in Port Arthur, just give us a little bit of an insight on how that was. Oh, yeah, you know, uh, I mean, as you know a little bit about Port Arthur, man, it's a big football community, so... You know, we had the Jamal. I mean, you go way back. You had the Joe Washingtons. You had the Bobby Lippos. Uh, then, you know, close to us, we should know, you know, you had Jamal Charles. You know, mm -hmm. you had Jonathan Babineau and Jordan Babineau. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you had myself. You got Kerry Vincent right now in the NFL and stuff like that. So, uh, I know I'm probably missing somebody, but, you know, you, you, you have that type of talent. And I remember when Dez Bryant, you know, came down, uh, I think, uh, Tyler and played against Jamal Charles and went against Danny Gore. You know, Danny Gore was in the NFL from, from Port Arthur. So it's just great talent around the league and, I mean, around, you know, our area. And, man, when I tell you, like, them stands used to be packed, and I'm not talking about uh, <laughs> no Rudy Pooh stands. Like, I'm talking about probably, what would you say, about four to five hundred people at a at a high school football game, like mm -hmm. packed out, you know, kids all on the fence, you know, got your jersey on, the band playing, you know, it's 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 a crazy atmosphere. I mean, we packed out the whole bottom of the Houston Texans stadium, you know, when we had to play there. So man, you know, it's it it was it was definitely one of those experiences and stuff like that. And you know, to this day it's still the same and whatnot like that. You know, Houston got a lot of uh, a lot of schools around. I feel like some Houston schools has a big fan base. Like, you know, we play North Shore, you know, I think uh, right now. Please don't bring up North Shore and K. Those are two different elite schools that, have, that, that are shitting on everybody else in Houston. Yeah, I think that's the two right there. But when we played North Shore, we went down there. We had our fans. They had theirs. And, you know, we bust them in a mile quick, you know, and stuff like that. And it just show you the powerhouse that Port Arthur bring to the table, you know, I don't, I think North Shore was blessed enough to be able to, um, they, when 6A came in, when I was in school, it was 5A, mm -hmm. 6A came, North Shore and the Cadiz was able to, you know, kind of get away from that heat and whatnot. We kind of <laughs> stayed 5A. So that's when uh, North Shore and Katie kind of start popping back on the scene and stuff like that. And whatnot. So yeah, North Shore, they can kind of go recruit who they want to recruit. Hey, call, it, call them out, Landon. Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm calling them out. You know, they could they could go recruit how they want. They run it. Running. For the for the yeah. people that are not from Houston, this man is he's throwing down some fighting words right oh, yeah. here because oh, yeah. calling out some of the the top powers in Houston when you talk about North Shore and K. Yeah, man, we really want it. No lie, man, we really want it. We want it, so we beat North Shore, and we wanted Katie next. Like we wanted to take down the two top dogs. However. Laporte beat Katie before we even got to him, and then we dogged hmm. Laporte, yeah. you know, in the playoffs yeah. that was, that was at, at right line yeah. and stuff like that. And then I, uh, we lost to uh, Cibolo Steel from San Antonio. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the Caney, you know, they they beat Cibolo. 
So it was a good thing they kept the state championship in in Houston. Yeah, but I'm always big on keeping the uh, state championship close to the area. So I love that just for the area and stuff like that. I never want you know the big the big titles to go to the Dallases or the San Antonio. Oh, yeah. I like oh, keeping no. them oh, no. in the uh, Port Arthur Houston area. So I'm good with that. All right, so let's move on from high school. Let's go to college. If you don't, if people don't know about Landon's career, he went from PA to not University of Houston. He actually went to Morgan State. Mm-hmm. Morgan mm-hmm. State played there for a year, and then after that, transferred back to the Houston area to play at University of Houston, where at the time it was not a starter. He was actually uh, behind, as a second stringer at the time, and. And then again, and then when U of H went, went ahead and decided to fire their coach, and then all of a sudden you have a gentleman by the name of Tom Herman take the reins of U of H. And Yolanda, before I go into this clip I'm about to play for everybody, it seems as though from your high school career, the college, and also in the pro, you've been on some pretty damn good teams. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I know people don't really, are, you know, really pay attention, but I've been paying attention and some of the teams that you've been on, it's not by luck. It's really not by luck. It's by the hard work that everybody's putting in and, and the will to win. But I want to play this clip right quick. It's a very short clip. It's when you play for the University of Houston um, and you're playing at, in the Peach Bowl in Atlanta, Georgia against Florida State. And I want to bring up this clip because when I was at the game, and again, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to throw that out there. I'm just saying I was at the game, and when I saw this 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 play. I felt like, yes, Landon is ready for the NFL. You got to pop out your seat. Hey, everybody was out. They see that in this play. Did not make the trip to Atlanta for personal reasons. Dalvin Cook, and he gets walloped in the backfield. All right. If you ain't seen it, I'm going to have to show you how one more time. So go ahead and pay attention. He did not make the trip to Atlanta for personal reasons. Dalvin Cook, and he gets walloped in the backfield. All right. I know y'all saw it not once but twice. If y'all don't know who that running back is, and that's the man by the name man by that's the name of Dalvin Cook, that's a who dog. Played running back for the Minnesota Vikings, who's a pretty damn good running back. And at the time, there was a little unknown linebacker by the name of Elandon Roberts, number forty-four, who I think definitely made a name for himself that game by popping the mess out of Dalvin Cook, not once, not twice, but a couple of times to where after that game was over with. I'm pretty sure the Florida State uh, team members were asking who, who the hell was the Landon Roberts and, and what the hell just happened. Because, Landon, if you don't mind explaining to everybody that game, or sorry, the lead up to that game, because I do remember us talking about how Florida State was disrespecting the hell out of you guys when it comes to we got to play U of H. You of H ain't no, we Florida State. We got to come out here and, and, and beat their ass and, and we're going to keep it moving. Florida State is just, I'm going to say, three and a half hours, Tallahassee, about three and a half hours from Atlanta. You have to make the trip from Texas to Atlanta. And uh, for the people that weren't there, University of Houston alumni was definitely there and in full full effect. So, Landon, if you don't mind uh, letting the people know about not just that play, but that overall game and how everything played out from beginning to the end. Yeah, man, you know, uh, that whole season, we just had that underdog mentality. You know, sometimes it's kind of crazy that, we are in the what the third biggest city in the United States, mm-hmm. and sometimes I feel like Houston get the most of any disrespect from non-respect, you know, and stuff like that. Even in today's NFL, most of the players come from Houston, 
you know, so to think the University of Houston is not going to put out the same product is kind of, you know, baffleness, you know, and stuff like that. So leading up to that game, you know, you was hearing stuff. You had Jalen Ramsey. He didn't even want to play. You just had this and that. But before I say what I say, you know, for people take what I said and just misconstrued it, <laughs> Jalen Ramsey is an elite player. Davin Cook is an elite player. We're talking about college football at that time. You know, and that, you know, we don't know if it was true or false. It could have just been people lying to us about them guys wanting to not play and just get ready to uh, follow their career in the NFL. We, we don't know and stuff like that. So I'm not fit to say that was true. That was we was getting bulletin board material, you know, yeah, like that bulletin board material. That's what we was getting. And, you know, we're just hyping this up. And we were just like, man, these guys don't respect us. Like, this crazy. Like, we like that. Like, we got the number – we was, like, top five defense in college football. That college football you know, yeah. I'm talking about every college. I'm talking about Bama's. I'm talking about all them. Yeah. Like, we was top five. We was up there, you know. And to just have a disrespect by it. And then we was like, bro, I don't even remember who their quarterback was. It was like, bro, y'all quarterback not even like that. Like, y'all going – like, nah. But they, you know – like I said, they had a running game. We had one of the best run-stopping defenses in college football that year, too. So, oh, yeah. you know, we came out. It was a good game. It was a fun atmosphere and stuff like that. And, um, I mean, hey, man, y'all seen what happened, you know, and stuff like that. Sometimes you don't even need to talk when the film is out. I told people before that game started, I said this was going to be a hell of a game, and most people blew it yeah. off. And the But them guys that was on that uh, Fallout State team was elite then, and it's still elite now. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. Big time. So, Big time. You touched on it a little bit, and X touched on it um, real quick, talking about when Tom Herman took over and you were there. Um, mm-hmm. And just real quick, I want you to touch on because that was one of the things, um, and you already said it. Houston gets a lot of disrespect, especially the University of Houston. People mm-hmm. feel like they're not that they're not that kind of school, right? They people are quick to talk about A and M, UT, Baylor. You talk all about the other schools in Texas. But people often forget U of H. And I feel like when Tom Herman came in, he kind of changed the idea of recruiting and really wanted to focus on bringing the Houston guys in and saying, like, hey, let's lock down the city, bring all the Houston people to U of H, and let's show the nation, you know, that Houston has talent and that we are the top, one of the top cities in the nation. Just, just think about this. Just think about this. And I'm going to just name a couple of players just off the Dolphin team. Jalen Water, where Jaylen is he Waddle. from? Jalen Water. Mm-hmm. Where's he from? Ain't from like Sugarland area. He's from A Leaf. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Emmanuel Ogba. Richmond. Mm-hmm. Uh, myself. You have Eric Rowe. Uh, uh, Klein, Klein. I think not Klein Collins. Klein Hop. Okay. And I don't think I really need to say this guy name, but you have Xavier Howard. Wheatley High School. Mm-hmm. So with just them names right there, that's and I'll take, you know, just them names like or a couple names right there. You like, man, that's all out of Houston. Just put them on one team at the University of Houston. At yeah. the University of Houston itself, we had a first rounder that year. And every year the University of Houston, they had a first rounder Will that's Jackson. out of Houston. Mm-hmm. You had DJ Hayden corner first round out of Houston. Mm-hmm. You had William Jackson first rounder out of Houston. Like it's crazy. So Tom Herman philosophy was, why well, I'm leaving Houston. Like, I don't need to go to Dallas. I don't need to go here. I don't need to go there. I'm just recruit from home and stuff like that. And 
I truly believe just my opinion on the whole situation is that um, I feel like teams conferences never wanted Houston to be able to get in certain leagues. Oh, I agree. With Houston being in the Big 12 now, yeah, Ooh. even though Texas going to SEC and stuff like that, I mean, Vanderbilt and SEC. Ain't yeah, nobody yeah. knocking on exactly. Vanderbilt, though. Oh, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? With when I'm letting Houston in a Big 12, it's about to change the whole atmosphere of everything. So, Man, my daddy, my daddy used to be at high, my, my college practices every day. Just think about kids that can have that. Man. Your parents at your college practice looking at you like you in high school, you so comfortable, you going to school and you repping for your city, and you can keep that here. Oh, they messed up now. And I, and I think college, college football knows. Maybe Nick Saban going to put out a quote about Houston. Maybe he going to, uh, you know what I'm saying, put a quote out about us next, you know, oh, and stuff yeah. like that. I love that you said that because um, I do feel like, and I give X a hard time because we do talk about UT and whether or not UT will ever be back and all mm -hmm. of this. Um, and I love that what you said because I think that's something that, unless you were down here and you really in the nitty gritty, people don't talk about. But there's a reason why Houston was not allowed in the Big Twelve for a long time. Yeah, what Vince Young from? It's two, it's two people, Woo! it's two schools in particular that had a reason to not allow University of Houston in the Big 12. And they yeah. know who they are, Texas. the little brother in College Station and the, 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 the <laughs> one you had Texas, you had Texas Tech, TCU. Yep. Like, yeah. man, them people ain't want, man, nobody's going, going to no Texas all Christian. Recruits. Yeah, ain't nobody's going to no Texas Christian. You I, still, I still don't understand how they got a Damon Thompson, but hey. Lubbock? Oh, no. Ain't nobody going to no Lubbock. Come on now. Come on yeah, now. You're trying to throw 700 yards a game or something like that. Like, you Come know, on now. nobody going now. Yeah, it's, it's, you're not, you're not wrong on that one. And with, in the next couple of years with conference realignments and, and seeing how all these other colleges are going to be uh, forming, it's going to be interesting to see how a college looks in the next five to 10 years. NIL, mm -hmm. it's just a lot going on in college to where it's going to be very interesting. Um, I will talk to you about things that happen in college off of camera. Mm -hmm. uh, Man, I, just think uh, about this one more point. Why Houston go to the uh, the new conference that was the Big East, and then they change it to the American Conference. The Big East was known. As soon as we get in the Big East, they, they change the name, call it to American. As soon mm -hmm. as Houston get in there with Cincinnati and all of them, mm -hmm. go to in the second year, win, the, win it. When Tom Herman got there, I mean, to be honest, saying, I think man, that was more basketball because the, the, the Big East But the Big East still in basketball. I, I, the Big East is still in basketball. And, that was and that's football. No, you're right. No, no, you're right. And that's that's something that's again, that's it, it gives college football, college sports, and the NCAA less credibility every year on the things that they do and the way that they try to gatekeep everything. It just makes you want to scratch your head, like, like what are y'all doing? Like, seriously, what are y'all doing? All right, let's go ahead and move on because this topic, I know Landon knows what he's doing on this one. And that is the dark grind. Uh, I should put a TM on there because that's trademark right there. Uh, can you let folks know a little bit about dark grind and what it's about and and just, I, I mean, just the philosophy of it. I love it. Man, just dark grind with me was based off, you know, just coming up and just the truth, like, I was just sitting thinking one day and really one night after work and I was like, man, like, it, and obviously it was, it was at night and 
at the time when you grind in, in anything you do, whether it's being an educator, whether it's being a football player, whether it's just being a doctor, lawyer, whatever you do, you know, you could just be a social media great presence, you know, for social media. But whatever you do, you putting your best foot forward, you putting your grind, you putting everything into it. So if I come to UX or I go to UH and I'm like, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. When I walk away from telling y'all, y'all might be like, oh, yeah, I feel what you're saying. Oh, man, I, I get it. I get it. But truly, I'm going to walk away and I'm saying you get it. But like, why am I steady explaining myself to you? And I'm steady explaining myself to you because it's my grind. It's my it's, 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 it's my grind that make me itch at night. It's my grind that's making me not fall asleep at night. It's my grind that's keeping me up thinking of ideas to get better at it. You know what I'm saying? And stuff like that. So I was out there, I was out there, and I was like, man, like, it's really not my significant other. It's really not my mom, dad, sister, brother, best friend fault that they don't understand what I'm trying to tell them because it's not their grind. They only responsibility is to support, is to support me on my on my journey. But that grind to get mad at them because they don't understand my grind, they shouldn't. Because we're all made different. God brought us on this world to be different. We was That's why we was brought by ourselves. And if you ever really think about it, just think. Every baby is born and they're inside with their eyes closed. So they're in the dark already. So that's when I was just like, man, like, it's just dark. Like, it's no light at the end of the tunnel. You know what I'm saying? I was just like, dang, dark grind. And then they was like, dang, like. Grind over. And I was like, damn, it's kind of catchy. And then I just kept it on, like, okay, yeah, like it's catchy, but it's true. Like, bro, everything we do, any grind you have is dark. And then a lot of people are like, oh no, it is light at the end of the tunnel. No. When yo, when you can see the light, you got very complacent about everything you do. And let me tell you why. It's because with me, my whole life, I just wanted to get to the NFL. I just wanted to say I got the opportunity to be in the NFL. Once I got in the NFL, I said I ain't going nowhere until I'm ready. Once I and then once once that became, I was I want to start. Once I start starting, I want to be the team captain. Once I got that, man, I want to be somebody everybody depend on. Once I got that, all right, it's time to be a pro bowler. And once I get that, it's time to be an all pro. Once I get that, it's time to be something like you're gonna keep going with that. You know what I'm saying? Just think that's that's individual goals. Everybody going in every year saying, I want to win a Super Bowl. Then they like, oh, what Tom Brady feel? You know, he always say the next one, the next one. Why? It's because he ain't getting complacent with just what he got. He want that next one because every year that we compete out there, every year you put your life on the line because anything can happen in football. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. It's that type of sport. You see it every year. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Why not go out putting my best foot forward to do what? Win a Super Bowl. End the discussion. If somebody come over here and say, oh, man, I got, you know, my focus was just, nah, your focus is winning the Super Bowl. If, if a guy on my team, they focus not winning the Super Bowl, I don't want you on my team. It's wise because that's the ultimate goal. That's why we come to work every day. That's why we sacrifice everything we sacrifice. You know what I'm saying? And stuff like that. And it just puts you in that mindset like, dang, you can't get complacent. Because that's seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. And once you see that light, it's going to be easy for that next man behind you that's still in that darkness to just pass you up, you know what I'm saying? And once he passes you, he might have it more than you the way he keep climbing, you know, and you just got to find your way back. And, you know, that was the whole concept of how the dark grind came. 
and that's beautifully put. We appreciate you for explaining that to everyone because uh, mm-hmm. I think that's what sets you apart from not just you know your peers and your family members and and uh, and, and people that look up to you. Just it sets you. It sets you. It puts yourself in a position where you have to hold yourself to a certain standard and to be able to help hold that standard day in day out. And I definitely respect you on that one. Uh, if you have anything to say before we move on. Nah, man, he got me ready to run through the doors behind me. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Run through that wall. All right, let's go ahead. And we're, we're almost done with uh, hey, that, that, the dark ground apparel about to start back, too, man. I had to stop because of COVID. Right. You know what I'm saying? My apparel with dark ground all about to come back out. So, well, you know we will definitely y'all be, be on, repping it. Yeah, we, y'all be on the lookout for that. I got my shirt. I got my shirt. So, I, ain't about to <laughs> I got my dark ground shirt. But, anyways, I uh, appreciate you for explaining that. Now, again, before we get up out of here, I want you to talk a little bit about your own businesses as well. We have Landlord's Daiquiri. Uh, if you don't mind explaining that to everyone. Yeah, Landlord Daiquiri, just, you know, my fun spot down there in Port Arthur, Texas. You know what I'm saying? My brother, family members. They run it and stuff like that, but it's basically a concept of just, you know, we got it from like, uh, well, my brother was, you know what I'm saying? He was on this big thing with, uh, which is my cousin. We just a close knit family. We all call each other brother, sister, you know, but you know, he's actually, uh, my first cousin, uh, Jeremiah Roberts. He got this, uh, one, one year he was on, um, spring break. Uh, he went to the university of Iowa. It was on spring break in Miami. And it was called, I think the Miami one is called, uh, I don't want to be wrong, but it's a daiquiri shop in Miami. And we was like, man, and then he, we was all talking one night. He's like, man, we need to bring that to Port Arthur. We need to bring that to Port Arthur. And the concept came up and we was like, let's do it. And, you know, found a perfect location. We started it up and man, it's been great. You know, you can uh, just drive through, get a daiquiri. You come inside, enjoy the daiquiris and we got hookah. You know what I'm saying? We got jello shots. You know, we got live DJs Thursday through Sunday, stuff like that. So it's a great atmosphere and stuff like that. People come in, they comfortable and all they enjoy themselves. So it it's a uh, it's 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 a good uh, business to me from the standpoint of just seeing people enjoying themselves, being safe and, uh, you know, having a good time, you know, during a stressful week or after a stressful week or then if it got to be a stressful week and you just be you already having a good week and you come to landlord, you finish it off the right way. Yes, sir. And you already know if you're on X talking, we're going to give you some promo, baby. And with that being said, it <laughs> is uh, National Daiquiri, National Daiquiri Day. They have a three day special starting today, tomorrow and on and on Thursday. Yes, sir. You can see uh, five dollars for any flavor uh, for a 16 ounce of they call the apartment. And again, it's for all days. The address is down there, 1645 Jefferson Drive, Suite 180A in Port Arthur, Texas. So if you are anywhere around that near area of Port Arthur, go ahead and get you a daiquiri uh, and let them know X-Talking is sent you. You feel me? Yes, sir. All right, let's go ahead and move on with your other business as well, which is I think is um, this the, the first one, of course, is for play. This mm-hmm. one is for business. For yeah. I'm gonna say it's true. It's for play play, and this one this is for, for business. So mm-hmm. let them know a little bit about spindle top concrete. Yeah, so spindle top concrete, which is a concept that uh I got into it with, with a couple of partners because I always wanted to uh bring something to the community that can affect uh can benefit not affect benefit families and whatnot. And uh with spindle with spindle top concrete, what it do is man, we um hire drivers you know we um um 
we put them through training to learn how to drive the cement trucks, learn how to pour, learn how to mix the concrete, learn how to work the control center and stuff like that. Uh, sometimes guys come in with no experience and whatnot, but they had a CDL. I mean, no experience and whatnot. And, you know, one thing about Spindle Top is I didn't want to bring jobs to the area just to say, oh, I brought jobs to the area. I want to bring careers, you know, so with no, with no type of experience at all, we starting people off between 22 and $30 an hour. You know, it just depends on, you know, you know what their level of experience is and stuff like that. But at the low mark, it's $22 an hour, man. That's that's pretty good and stuff like that. And it's going it's going to even go up and whatnot. And, and one thing that just growing up in Port Arthur, man, just the opportunities out there are so limited that people have to move away. And it's a great community. And a lot of people don't like to move away and stuff like that. So how could me and my partners benefit that? We was able to bring Spindletop Concrete in tonight. Now that we're not just creating uh, jobs, that we're creating um, uh we're not just creating jobs, we're creating careers to where people, you know, they get um, health benefits, they're getting their 401k, you know, when they retire, they kids might, you know what I'm saying, be hired there to be able to, you know, keep it going and whatnot. So it's a big benefit in the area. And like I said, you know, the area just need opportunity. The people around there isn't lazy. They just don't have the opportunity. So just being that guy that's able to be, with a partner group that's able to bring that to the area, man. It's just a blessing for me. No, I definitely agree because our grandfather, of course, used to work out in the refineries. Yes, um, and to be able to, uh, for you for you to be able to bring another business out in that area, I know our grandparents are definitely looking at you very proud. Um, and, and that's, again, something that you can definitely look back on 20 years from now and say, you know, damn, I was able to do this, not just for myself, but also, again, to help people that um, are in areas that unfortunately don't get the same type of opportunities as a big city like New Orleans or Houston. Or exactly. And so, just think, man, you see pouring concrete every day. They building houses. They keep these highways going. Trust me. They'll never slow thing, down. One thing that ain't going away is the concrete industry. Oh, yeah. So it's going to be that them jobs going to keep rolling, man. All right. We got three more topics to talk about. We're going to get up out of here. We're going to talk about them very shortly, and we're going to get up out of here real quick. Um, the first thing is, and I know we talked about this in a pregame show, <laughs> I need to know what is the deal with this coffee going on in Miami because you apparently are uh, – it's not just Miami. You, you, you've done this since New England, but apparently it's you and also Jimmy Butler – that love y'all some coffee and the sports world. So I just want to know, is coffee the new Gatorade? What is going on here? Man, I don't know what's going on with this coffee, but whatever it did, like I said on my previous, the previous show I was on, I'm seven years in with. <laughs> I drink it every morning. I drink it uh, before games. I, I'm telling you, routine, I drink it before games. I don't care, like I told them, hot, cold, it can be whatever. I'm drinking it before a game, period. You know, I'm walking on the field drinking it. You know, I'm in the locker room drinking it and stuff like that, getting prepared for the game and stuff like that. And um and whatnot. It just it just, you know, just my routine. So are you drinking it straight morning. black? Huh? Are you drinking it straight black or are you putting cream in there and sugar and stuff? Before a game, I just drink it straight black. But uh just in the morning, my morning coffee, I put a little cream in it. 
Now, what what is the coffee brand that you drink? What is it? What, what's going on? Where, hey, that man ain't sponsored by them. He ain't sponsored by So so man, I hit y'all with this. So right now, uh, in January, February, I don't I don't really have a timeline for it yet. We still getting everything together. I'm bringing my own uh, coffee shop uh, to Houston. It's called Blood in the War. It's in Edo area, so that's East Downtown. It's right over there by the uh, soccer. Uh, the soccer stadium, probably by oh, yeah. a, a three minute walk, uh, under a mile. Um, it's about a 10 minute walk from the Houston Rockets stadium and stuff like that. So it's right in a great location and whatnot. It'll have a, a it'll even have a little speakeasy in it, which a speakeasy back in the day, if you, uh, if y'all want me to explain, was age. you know, they couldn't have bars, lick out, so they had to put yeah. them in hideaways. Mm-hmm. So to speak easier to have a little hideaway with it, with a little concepts of, you know, uh, what's he landing Robert's number? You type in 52, it's a secret door open. Ooh, you know, okay. what's the what's the motto? Dark grind. You type in dark grind, secret door open. So just bringing some fun. But at the same time, the coffee uh, uh, is big and near and dear to my heart. So, you know, I wanted to bring that industry and uh, it's all over Houston, but put my own industry in uh, with that in Houston. And that'll open sometime next year and stuff like that. So it's it's called New York. I mean, it's called uh, Blood Noir, like that. And that's spelled B-L-A-N-C-N-O-I-R. Okay. The C is silent, you feel me? Okay. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Well, you already know it's going to be good because man drink coffee all the time. Yeah, You feel me? And when it drops, you already know we will definitely let the people know on X Talking Ish. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm going to have my own signature dark grind coffee. I bet you that shit going to be high. We're going to have punch to... in the face, apparently. Yeah, I'm going to put my own look. So it's going to be two. So dark grind is going to be the hot if you want the full, you know what I'm saying? The full lit. But, you know, some people, they like their cold coffee. So it will be a cold concept. That I come up with, you know, what I'm saying just for the, you know, the people that don't like to always drink hot coffee. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. It's a, All right. Well, let's go ahead. But if you want the full experience, well, like I said, when when that comes out, uh, don't be surprised <laughs> if I'm going to have to go ahead and bring you back on for another 10, yeah. 10 minute, 15 minute segment. And and at that, that time, man, we can might as well just do this podcast at the house. Hey. I mean, we might as well do it at the shop. Hey. I, yeah, I was gonna say we gotta go on site. Yeah, we have no problem doing it. Exclusive, man. No problem. Yeah, we gotta do a taste test on site. Yeah, exactly. We set that up. No problems at all. All right, let's go ahead and finish up with tonight. Um, we talked about this in the pre-show. About your Madden rating. Only reason why I bring this up because apparently everybody gets into their little, you know, their their little panties and their feelings about Madden ratings and why certain players shouldn't be higher than this player. At the moment, Madden has you rated as, number, as a 70 overall ranking. And like I told you, I, that, that is a problem for me, of course. But the biggest problem is the catching. We just saw we just saw a couple of clips of you being able to catch catch that thing and, and be able to, you know, move along with it. So, Madden, if you watch it, I need y'all to go ahead and bump my boy's score up a little bit. It's 38. That's too low. Yeah, that's crazy. I ain't, yeah, I never had a problem catching the ball and whatnot. So, hey. It is what it is, you know. Maybe they didn't want to put me. They, man, they had to bring my rating down sometimes. It ain't hidden power. That should be number one. In the <laughs> nah, hidden, not hidden. Isn't in that? <laughs> yeah, that should be number one. I think my speed a little low too, because I mean, you was at my pro day. I really didn't run a four six. I really went four five. Like, 
yeah. But it, it is what it is. You know how it is. You're since your, your whole, your whole, probably since Pee Wee football, the folks just been underlooking you. Or Man, to say when it comes to he's not big enough. He's not this. He's not that. He's you, crazy. You, you use it as motivation to be to be where you are at now. So yeah, now nah, mad, mad. That little mad rigging stuff don't even. I don't even play mad. No lie, I do not yeah, play I'm Madden. Saying, I haven't played Madden. As you shouldn't, because it's garbage man. anyway. Yeah. EA, you heard what I said. That jump fake, man. You be having guys on there doing stuff they don't even do in real life. Nah. Exactly. We're not going right. to go there, though. Let's go ahead and finish it off with <laughs> tonight with this one topic I just want to bring up because I've been watching him since his Clemson days, and I just need to hear from <laughs> somebody that plays alongside with him. Is Christian Wilkins hilarious on and off the field because I've seen the things that he do on the field and that they're just he's a character and and there's nothing wrong with that I just think he's and if you hear him mic'd up too I mean he's mm-hmm. he's 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 a character I'm just leave it at that so bro Landon Chris, Christian how's, how's is Christian? the funnest guy I ever have hung with on and off the field okay. he's exactly how you see him like it's no faking it like no lie but it's so crazy because you see that in Christian, but then he's like my go-to guy. Like he's passionate about what he's do. He's a great leader. Uh, he's bro. Some days legitly beat me in the building, and like I, I just be sitting in my locker like, bro, I'm, I'm gonna be last one out. Like you tripping? Like, go home, bro. Like why are you sit here? Like dude, <laughs> he really take time in his craft, and all you can do is respect it. And since I've been a Dolphin, because obviously Christian was a Dolphin before me, uh, he's always been that the the guy that he is today from a personality standpoint. I wouldn't want him to change his personality for anything in the world because that's what makes him Christian Wilkins and stuff like that. But yeah, he's a great teammate on and off the field. And the funny, the the most funniest, funniest, enthusiastic guy I've ever been around, period. That's, that's definitely saying something. I mean, again, just to see him on the outside looking in, um, I think some people might mistake the fun, the 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 fun and the laughter that he do when it comes to not being able to take his craft seriously. And oh no, no, he not. Like, I can I can say on him first, like first, this this guy ain't no bullshit. This guy is on his craft. Like, no man, sometimes you turn on the film and be like, bro high in the world and you know some guys is just natural is obviously is natural for christian but he works on it to make it more fluent to make him mm. himself more bendy to make himself more just you know his strength and all that like he works on it day in and day out so when you see it nobody can say like oh yeah man he don't even need to work on it it's just natural well what is natural not christian his mentality is like i'm working on everything like I need to fix this. I need to fix that. Oh, that was too slow. My hands was too slow right here. I need to do this. My feet work was off. I slipped on this play. Like he's going to work on every single point of his game and stuff like that. So, yeah. Well, I will say this. I definitely feel like with the Miami Dolphins defense is something that Ish and I have talked about on, on this show previous, uh, previously when it comes to. Which I, I got is have- which I rank in. I see y'all rank the the quarterbacks. You have to, uh, rank the defense. Well, you have to uh, tune in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, you have to tune in uh, next week or something. Uh, to <laughs> see what we have the uh, Dolphins uh, looking like in this upcoming season. Oh yeah, the preview real, show. We'll have definitely preview check show that out. Comes to uh, who we have winning divisions, who we have mm-hmm. winning uh, mm-hmm. conference championship games, and of course Super Bowl. We did it That's last year. We kind of came close. Came close for the most part. 
Uh, and of course, we'll do it this upcoming season. Uh, I don't want to take too much of your time, Lynn, and I appreciate you uh, gotcha, for, gotcha. for uh, spending an, a little bit over an hour with us Man. tonight. Um, because again, this is this is just uh, just real, real talk. This is just we, we appreciate it. It's a blessing to have you we on. Do. Um, I, I, and I, I know how busy you are. Again, you have another week until you. Uh, get ready for camp. I'm pretty sure you'll be flying out sometime this week. Mm-hmm. Safe travels to you. Let Tori and the kids know I said hello. Um, and hopefully, uh, again, you, you have a great camp. I hope I see you one more time before the season starts. But if I don't, of course, you already know I'll be uh, checking in on you. And um, again, thank you for joining here at X Talking Ish. Most definitely, you- man. Appreciate you guys having me on, man. Uh, it was great, fun. You know what I'm saying? Let me know if y'all boys want to come out to the game. I got y'all. No problem and stuff like that. Uh, and when I, one thing I would want to say is before I get off, don't mm-hmm. forget, like, we have been top five defense two years in a row. So <laughs> if we're not in y'all top five, like, y'all definitely been uh, biased and whatnot. And I'm just letting y'all know. And uh, just have to keep that, you know, out there, put that out there. So one thing ish, is, ish, no pressure, ish, no pressure. Ish, you know, ish no, look like funny. a Dallas Cowboy fan. He oh no! Oh no! Oh, oh, yeah, we disrespect my boy Ish now. Ooh, nah, that's hell disrespect. Nah, okay. What are you? Ish? He, 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 he a Patty. He a Patty fan. He Patty Mahomes. Nah, I'm I'm a, I'm a KC fan. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know your defense ain't gonna be top five. Be that guy. Hey, the defense doesn't have to be top five. They got to do <laughs> enough. They got to do enough to keep keep Patty on the field and let him score all the points. We don't oh, need him to be top, top five. Was y'all top five the year y'all won the Super Bowl? Uh, I don't yeah, think so. Yeah, definitely four, was. Seven. They definitely was. So first and foremost, you can't win championships without a top five. Oh yeah, defense. you gotta have. A defense. <laughs> I know you gotta have a defense. You know that. But I mean, to be honest, I know you gotta have a defense, and that's probably the biggest thing as far as some of the changes that have happened with the Chiefs. And we get into that. We won't get into that in the pregame show, uh, uh, the preseason show. But <laughs> I got uh, a sputtered X. Hey. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, you know, we respect the Dolphins and y'all's top five defense. We speak very highly about you guys <laughs> on the show. There are maybe some other parts of the team that we, we are not as kind with. But, hey. That might change this year. So y'all going to have to tune in for that one. But yeah, I know for a fact with you coming in here and you throwing the heaters around now. Yeah. I just never seen you... a team win a Super Bowl without a top five defense. She, have... Who? Who? You right. Who? Name it. Right. Let's name it right now. At the moment. Who won last year? Super Bowl. I know well, the Rams. Rams and we know about them. Oh, okay. Might be number one, number two. Defense. Go, I'm trying go. to figure out did Peyton, Manning, did Peyton Manning have him like an outside top five defense? I know, of course, when he won it, that was the top five defense. But I feel At the like, Broncos? Not the Broncos. I'm talking about the Colts. I feel like maybe the Colts With Freeney? Bro, you tripping. Again, I'm, and, trying, and, I'm trying to think. Let me think. Man, you tripping. Like, you talking right, about let me, end, let me end this show so we can talk, all, talk oh about this. Oh, my God. We're going to be on for another hour. We just keep on talking about football. All right. So, with that being said, we appreciate everybody for tuning in. We apologize for a couple of minutes. I'll let y'all boys, but it, seriously, though, thank you, Landon, for being on. And we will see y'all next time on X Talking. Yes, sir. Holla.